Hebrews chapter 7, verses 11 through 28. Now, if perfection had been attainable through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need would there have been for another priest to arise after the order of Melchizedek, rather than the one named after the order of Aaron? For when there is a change in the priesthood, there is necessarily a change in the law as well. For the one of whom these things are spoken belonged to another tribe, from which no one had ever served at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord was descended from Judah, and in connection with the tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. This becomes even more evident when another priest arrives in the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become a priest not on the basis of a legal requirement concerning bodily descent, but by the power of an indestructible life. Mm. For it is witnessed of him, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. For on the one hand, a former commandment is set aside because of its weakness and its uselessness. For the law made nothing perfect. But on the other hand, a better hope is introduced through which we draw near to God. And it was not without an oath for those who formerly became priests were made such without an oath. But this one was made a priest with an oath by the one who said to him, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. This makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. Mm. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Mm. For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners and exalted above the heavens. He has no need like those high priests to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins, then for those of the people, since he did this once for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints men in their weakness as high priests. But the word of the oath, which came later than the law, appoints a son who has been made, a, who's been made perfect forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, an awesome passage as we continue yeah. on in Hebrews 7. You know, Jackson, I think it's easy to read yesterday's passage, verses 1 through 10, and be like, okay, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, the the Melchizedek thing is kind of confusing. And even if Jesus is this, you know, fulfillment of Melchizedek, what's the point? And I think this passage today does a great job of really just bringing it home and, and right. saying like, okay, why is that little Easter egg in the Bible? Why is he kind of latching on to that? And we have this language that Christ is this eternal guarantor of a new and better covenant. And, um, you know, I think, too, we see here the author of Hebrews is really reacting. You know, I think there was when Christianity emerged, there was a lot of, you know, the immediate feedback would have been like, hey, Judaism, you know, or, or like this religion that we've held to forever it, since, you know, Abraham is perfectly fine. Why would, why do we need a new like upgraded version? And the author of Hebrews is trying to really unpack like, no, 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 no. This has been it all along. Like there could Mm -hmm. never be uh, holiness that would come out of the law. And so what, what are your thoughts on this passage? Man, uh, 
I think the big thought that comes up here is is really about atonement. Um, mm. You know, it, it strikes me uh, to your point. There's there's something that we're trying to justify ourselves with always. Yeah. Um, I think we're just a people who are prone to try to figure out something in ourselves or something that we can do to find rest in or to find peace in, something that we can lay our head on at the end of the night. And and I think that's just that's just natural for us. It's what we do. You, you know, Jason preached a few weeks ago and he talked about, you know, when somebody cuts you off, what's that thing, that impulse in you that that justifies yourself that says, oh, if you only knew that, yeah. that I'm successful or that I have uh, a really strong marriage or uh, I've contributed meaningfully to society. You know, there's something that we want to self-justify with. There's something yeah. that we think makes us okay and gives yeah. us rest at night. You know, and for some of us, it's really good stuff. It's like, hey, I read my Bible a lot or I pray a lot or I give a lot. Um, and, and, and so one way or another, that is the deal. Well, I think that's true with the Jewish people as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like they they have this system of atonement that they've relied upon, yeah. and and they if they follow it, if they do what they're supposed to, then they can kind of lay their head down at night and say, okay, like I I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, right? Um, but at the end of the day, there's an insufficiency in that system. And, yeah. and that's so much of what this passage is saying. So like verse 11, now if perfection had been attainable through the Levitical priesthood, what further need would there have been for the, for this uh, other sort of priesthood to arise? And the idea there is, is the Levitical priesthood, this system of atonement, sacrifice, it, it wasn't able to purify the people of God and present mm-hmm. them blameless. Like at the end of the day, they didn't have good reason to lay their head down on the pillow at night and feel peace. They didn't yeah. possess true shalom, mm-hmm. but a new priesthood arose. Mm-hmm. The one after the order of Melchizedek. And what this yeah. passage says is it's enacted on better promises. Uh, and, it, and it is an altogether better sort of priesthood. And because it's a better priesthood, it ushers in a, uh, a better hope uh, because it ushers in a better covenant. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the idea of this passage. It's saying, hey, Jesus is coming along and he's not in this uh, in in line with this old Levitical priesthood. He's not in line with the old way. No, there's something different and something better. He's in the line of Melchizedek. Mm. Um, and because of that, uh, yeah, uh, Jesus is better is ultimately what we're going to learn. And, and, and that'll actually be a theme that we're going to see, uh, not just in this passage, but in the next couple of passages that we read as yeah. well. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I, it makes me think about when uh, when I was in college and would get an apartment, you know, like I didn't have any real like money or income in college. And, and <laughs> then you're like applying for, you know, a apartment that's like $1,500 a month or whatever. And uh, I remember my my dad would like co-sign as the guarantor of the apartment. Right. Which meant that in terms, as far as like this lease was concerned, if I fall on hard times and am out of money, it doesn't fall through with me because it actually rests on the security and stability of my dad. Yeah. And, you know, so I think that that idea that that phrase in verse 22, this makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. So much more powerful for me to think about that 
the, the potency of the covenant, the consequences of the covenant do not rest on those who benefit from the covenant, you and I, but it actually rests on the guarantor who's, who's signed and sealed it in his own blood, Jesus. And, and you know, we, it just continues to paint this portrait that the author of Hebrews is really going to culminate in chapter 12 that, where Jesus is the, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so we, we see the the reasons that Jesus is better start to pile up. And, and this has been happening for a couple of passages now. But, but you know, Jesus, he's in the order of Melchizedek. Uh, and mm-hmm. that seems to be on the basis of this, of the fact that he has an indestructible life. Yeah. And so, you know, you think about the, the priests in the Levitical priesthood, you know, they died. Mm-hmm. And, and so you know, they made intercession for the people, but eventually they died or they got tired or they wore down. And so their intercession on behalf of the people, God, it was always just going to be imperfect. Yeah. But Jesus is different and he's altogether better. Uh, he lives to make intercession for us. Right. And, and, and man, if we had a lot of time, we could really dive into all the ways this passage says that Jesus is better. And therefore this covenant that he ushers in is better as well. But the end of it is, that we can draw near to Jesus who made atonement for sin once and for all. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and we could have hope in him. Yeah, absolutely. Man, well, uh, such a great word from Hebrews 7. Excited to keep on pushing through this book. We're going to tomorrow in chapter 8 start to look more closely at Jesus as the priest of the new and better covenant. But until then, uh, this is for Jackson Randall. This is Will Carlisle, and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.